What's going on? Welcome to a special postseason edition of the Coach Lou and Ice Show. We have a, uh, a really special treat for everyone today. Coach Ice, how's it going? Coach Lou, been a while, man. Can't wait to uh, get to New Orleans with you, but uh, that's for a later date. We'll talk about that on some special podcasts. But yeah, we had a special edition that we put together for uh, the Coach Lou and Ice Show. On this particular day of the 14th, uh, we'll be advertising it so that everybody will have an opportunity to listen in. Special guests you guys are very familiar with is uh, none other than Coach T. Brad Talich is one of our guests tonight and the state championship coach for the 4A division, Coach Andy Astalaza. And the topic that we are going to be attacking tonight as a special edition theme is going to be the Southern Nevada Football Coaches Hall of Fame and all the things that come with that as far as the how you get inducted, how people have been in. Just an open forum to discuss with two very knowledgeable guys as far as uh, opinions on things. Coach Astalaza is kind of like a, an expert or authority on it. And I don't mean that in a in any type of way, but exactly the way I say it and is that Andy knows. He knows exactly. The, the criteria is we've been involved, Andy, myself have been involved in voting and inducting people. And uh, it's just something that I know that a lot of coaches would have a lot of interest in. And so Coach Lou and I were very excited to uh, be able to put this together. So uh, no further ado, uh, Coach Talich, if you want to say a quick hello. Yes. Hello, everyone. You know, it's, uh, it's good to be back on. It's uh, that kind of proves how much we miss high school football already when, uh, we got to have the podcast again, you know, just as the state championships uh, ended. So we're all missing the high school football already. And I know we're kind of looking forward to seeing where all these Southern Nevada kids are going to go uh, with the early signing period. So it's uh, it, it's not only a uh, interesting time for this early signing period, but um, it's, uh, you know, for the topic this week, the Hall of Fame and uh, coaches of the year, you know, the all-star game, whatever it may come up to. Uh, pretty exciting times for uh, the kids in Southern Nevada. All right, Coach uh, Coach State Championship Coach Andy Astalaza. Quick hello and let everybody know you're here. How you doing, everybody? Um, hey, glad to be on this with you guys. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big topic with uh, a lot of the current coaches, uh, especially the older guys and uh, some of the older guys that um, – you know, obviously uh, might not know how the the actual process works. I think this might help out a bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, truth be told, Andy, we've talked about it. It's it's something that a lot of people are in the dark. They don't really even know. They don't even understand it. And now as it escalates and, and, and progresses and, you know, hopefully, you know, we're blessed enough to be able to continue to uh, do presentations at halftimes at uh, Allegiant Stadium. And then, of course, uh, for the future, we're all hoping that we can have the uh, Southern Nevada Football Coaches Hall of Fame board in Allegiant Stadium, uh, joining the uh, football helmets that that are there. That the Raiders have been so gracious to be a, a, a very big backer and very supportive of uh, Southern Nevada football. Um, AJ, before we get into the forum, uh, just if you like, because I know you might have to uh, depart, uh, talk a little bit about. Um, maybe anything on the Southern Nevada Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame and then tell our listeners uh, 
what we might expect coming in the future, not exactly topics, but just uh, some lead-ins of what, what we're planning maybe once a month or something like that, AJ. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think uh, like, like Coach Talich said, we all, are we all love um, high school football out here in Vegas. And, you know, we'll plan on doing one episode a month up until the season rolls back around. You know, we got a uh, recruiting going on tomorrow, signing day. This podcast will come out after that, but we'll do a podcast on signing day. You know, we'll talk about um, a couple offseason topics, recruiting, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff coming up for the show, but uh, when it comes to the, you know, Southern Nevada coaches uh, hall of fame, you know, I think one of the things that really, that's really interesting is when I look at, um, you know, this recent class and I look at coach uh, Jarvis and correct me if I'm wrong, but coach Jarvis is one of the few non-head coaches to get inducted. Um, am I right in saying that? Um, well, I think there's been like Art Plunkett. Um, Andy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if, uh, I think, I believe that coach Plunkett was, um, um, voted in the hall of fame. Um, and I don't believe he's ever served as a head coach either. Uh, Andy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if coach Plunkett's there. Well, no, there's a, there's a couple guys in, um, and that's where, you know, there's from when the hall of fame started to where it is now. Um, it used to be, uh, they were going to put it as a, like a separate category. Like if you look at the hall of fame now, we have a separate category for administrators, referees, and media members. Um, but actually, you know what? I, I'd have to look because, um, I can't remember, but if Charlie ever was a, a head coach at one time at, um, Virgin Valley, Virgin Valley. Um, yeah, I know we had that discussion, Andy, that it was like, we think that, uh, that at one point a long time ago, I think it was before he joined Palo Verde. Was it Andy? No, it was, I think might've been, I know he had left Palo and then came back. Um, I, you know what, it won't be hard to find. Um, yeah, well, you know, and you can look, well, I, 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 you know, kind of lead into that. Um, if it happened, you know, when, when, Coach Jarvis left Palo Verde um, the first time after being there for a stint of about, I want to say, like 16 years or something like that. Um, he did go to Virgin Valley, so we'll try to figure out if he had the, if he did hold the head coaching job for a year or two. Then he went back to Palo Verde and then ended up going back to Virgin Valley as recently as this year, and he was the defensive coordinator for uh, Virgin Valley against uh, – Mawapa Valley in that awesome 3A state championship game at Allegiant Stadium. So Charlie's Charlie's still plugging away. And I know, Andy, you can talk more on this, but one thing that we had put in place a few years back was it used to be that you had to be retired for five years to get into the Hall of Fame, to be eligible to get into the Hall of Fame if you met the criteria. And then we changed that to if you were big, if you had been coaching for 30 years, that right. you so could some, go Yeah, in. some of the new changes. Well, the original qualifications um you had to be retired it's actually for two years two years okay and then um you had to be a contracted teacher uh either at public or private schools within side of uh clark county for that for the period of time that uh, they were coaching and there had to be a minimum of 15 years coaching uh in clark county either in private or public 
Now, what has changed is they added now that you only had to be retired for one year, unless you have been coaching for 30 consecutive years in uh, the school district or in the private area, um, then you could become automatically eligible, like with Charlie Jarvis, um, who has yet to stop coaching. Yeah. I just checked. He was not, he's been, he was, the, he went out there one time. He was a D coordinator and he came back. Now he's back as a D coordinator out there again. Yeah. So AJ, you're right. Then um, Charlie Jarvis was never a head coach, uh, but he did qualify. I think Andy, and you can talk more about that as far as holding coordinators position and obviously him getting inducted in the 2021 class, along with Dan Barnson and Marty Redman and himself, Charlie, Charlie Jarvis, Charlie qualified, even though he's still coaching because he's 30 plus years. Correct, Andy. Well, yeah, I mean, his there's, we'll, we'll get, get into if you want about the oh, yeah. the point requirements um and the different requirements you needed and he he, he made it easily um yeah i can tell you all three inductees this year um in this point system that um that was created by uh, actually the one of the first inductees uh, horace smith um and this point the, the minimum point requirement is 250 points and those guys were well into 300s and possibly you know, in 400s. Um, like I said, if you, you know, if you want, I just run it down real quick so you can understand the, what I'm talking about with the points. Um, so if you're a coach, you're a head coach, you get four points per year. Uh, if you're an assistant, you get two points per year. Um, then it's your wins, two points for a head coaching win, one point for an assistant win. Uh, playoff wins give you three as a head coach, two as an assistant, uh, regional championship gives you five and three as an assistant. Uh, the runner-up region will give you three as a head coach, two as an assistant. Um, state championships are worth 10 and two points for the assistant coach. And then state runner-up gives you five points and three points per point. See, it's kind of a I think there might be a typo there because yeah, the, the... the assistant, it should be, I want to say the assistant coach on the state championship should be five um, for, for winning it because it's five. three points if you are the runner up. Yeah, I happen to find that, you know, what you're going over right now, Andy, I, you actually gave me this, uh, this sheet. And so I have the same thing that you're reading off right. of. So go ahead. And then you have two final categories, which are, um, one they call the contributions. Um, anything that you know uh, a coach has done over his career uh, outside of coaching, or even coaching like the All Star Game, um, speaking at clinics, um, coming up with innovative student programs, and then there's the actual um, Southern Nevada being part of the coaches association, um, and that's that's kind of uh, that was kind of um, how do I put it? Uh, a point of contention uh, with some of the recent, you know, talks we've had because uh, people didn't think that 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 was uh, something that should be given out. Um, but you know, I I, I argued for that because um, if, if you've been in coaching that long and then you may come up short, uh, that those points were there for that reason. Um, that if somebody was close, that you put in that amount of time, that's where they gave the, those, those 15 points. Um, 
But like I said, that's pretty much the run up of how you can get those 250 points. Yeah, and that was, and and I'm looking at also that Southern Nevada Football Coach Association, the candidates. Uh, active membership in the Southern Nevada Football Coaches Association can be worth up to 15 points. And that includes assistant, assistant coaches because technically assistant coaches, all active coaches are are a part of the Southern Nevada Football Coaches Association. Correct. So, yeah, so you can earn points. You, you're, you're in the association, you know, it's a coach in Clark County School District is in the association, whether they knew that or not. So, yeah, and I think, you know, and then the, some of the things that, you know, have been discussed within the last couple of years. Um, one is the, the second qualification um, of being a contracted teacher, uh, either public or private. Um, you know, obviously many, many staffs around the city are probably more made up of non-teachers non than there are teachers now. Um, when this was made and uh, I would, probably say at that time, majority of the staffs in the city were mostly contracted teachers. Um, that included Gorman, uh, Faith, all, all the private schools as well. So, I mean, those are, that's something that we're gonna look at. Um, and also the, the minimum uh, years. Um, that or there's gonna be some, uh, there's gonna be a lively topic uh, at the next meeting because I know Coach Morocco had talked to me about uh, someone like Tony Sanchez, um, who wasn't here that long, but obviously made a, a huge impact in Clark County. Um, but obviously wasn't here for the 15-year the uh, minimum. So I, I'm sure that's something that will, will be looked at as well. Yeah, and, and, and just so you guys know, I mean, this is an open forum, and there's no holding back. I mean, we start getting – we can – listen, we're, it's, we're not opposed to getting into names or discussing individuals, and, you know, some people in our listeners will know exactly what we're talking about or who we're talking about, and others will be like, hmm, I didn't know that, but uh, I didn't really know that guy, but that's interesting anyway. So, you know, just uh, like I said, uh, great topic for us to just cover – cover all the angles and leave no stone unturned and uh, don't pull any punches. And so, you know, coach Talich or coach Astalaza, I mean, listen, Andy, if you got, you want to call somebody out, Hey, it's good for the show, you know? So, you know, let's just, well, uh, I, I, you know, and I, I there's something else that's going to come up at this next meeting, which, um, you know, sometimes gets overlooked because um, they're not always around um, as far as, because they're outside of Las Vegas um, or the Henderson area where you have a lot of guys that should be in um, that were outside the area. Like, you know, you have a couple coaches out at Virgin Valley. Um, obviously, you know, I don't think people understand that the winningest coach right now in the entire County is at Moapa Valley and Brent Lewis. That's right. Um, Brent Lewis is actually looking at it is going to be, ranked fourth all time in the entire state. Um, I think he's going to be at somewhere at 170, 374 wins. Um, but again, you also have guys from Virgin Valley, uh, Kirk Hafen, um, who I think he retired in 2011. There's a guy with 166 wins. Um, and then like I, I, I nominated somebody, I, I was kind of shocked that he wasn't in at the time. Um, a guy like Frank DeSantis, who was at the Meadows, again, because maybe they were in, you know, he was in the 2A, um, but 
you know, he, he won seven state titles. He has the second longest win streak in the history of the state. Um, you know, obviously these are guys that have to be recognized. Um, Brent obviously still is coaching, but uh, Coach Hafen from Virgin Valley. And I, I think there was even a coach in front of him that was there for many years that won almost as much as he did. Yeah. So obviously that's going to be some names that we have to look at. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, like when you had told me about, you know, Frank DeSantis and I was like, and I know Frank pretty good and I know him for years and I assumed he was in. I mean, I think you did as well. You know, it was like I knew that he had the multiple state titles and it was like, of course he's in. And then lo and behold, he wasn't. And yeah, there definitely has to be some type of, uh, you know, I, I think that that will be revisited. Um, you know, like you said, at the Southern Nevada Football Coaches Association meetings, yeah, there's going to be some really good hard topics uh, of conversation that we have to do to address the Southern Nevada Football Coaches Association, all for the positive, all to move forward. Uh, we also, Andy and I, uh, Brad, we've talked about, you know, listen, we're not the spring chickens anymore. We're the, we're the elders in the situation, and we have to make sure that uh, we get some young guys that are really, really um, concerned and, and it means as much to them or almost as much to them as it does to someone like Andy or Brad or myself, uh, the rich Morocco guys that have been around for, for a long time. And we have predecessors before us that, you know, were there, you know, the Darwin Rosts and, and, and uh, Sinkovich and I could just go on and on of names that are obviously, and Andy knows them better than I do. Um, that are in the hall of fame, but as those guys get older or they get more, they move on like one day we probably will. Who's going to, who's going to be the next guys to step up. You know, I've mentioned to Andy, some guys like uh, Robert cuts or Joe Asneris, um, guys like that, that have been around uh, Caney, Shane Caney over at uh, Cimarron that have been around for a long time, but are still, relatively young or a lot younger than <laughs> like me, Andy and, and Brad, but uh, you know, anything, you know, that's something that is going to be something we have to make sure we take care of. I think it's really important that the, the members and all the people involved secure the Southern Nevada football coaches association hall of fame uh, to have longevity and, and, and to stay, I, you know, you want to say a lifetime, but whose lifetime? Yeah, we want we want to maintain that. I mean, listen, one of the things that we get as a pillar, it would be is like it, if we finally do get that plaque granted in Allegiant Stadium. Well, guys, I'm going to tell you, Allegiant Stadium is probably going to be there for a very long damn time. And so <laughs> that that means that so are the, so is that. That uh, plaque or that um, recognition that will be there and, and what an, what an amazing privilege. So um, guys, anything, you know, Andy, throw out any other points or anything. And when we get, uh, you know, back. I just actually just pulled up the hall of fame. Um, you know, I, I'm not to correct myself here because Kirk Hafen is in, um, yes. he was inducted in 2015, the coach from Virgin Valley. Oh, very nice. Good. Yeah. So yeah. Um, like I said, anybody can find this stuff. Uh, you can go off and, and just look on the, it's NS, NS, I'm sorry, snfca.org uh, slash HOF. And you can see all the inductees uh, for every year. Um, they have not added this year's class yet, but um, 
like we had obviously a, a time off from we didn't have anybody in 2020 and that's actually uh um we actually went on you know for four years we didn't induct anybody um and right now uh like i said unless there's some older candidates um, that come up um we will be going through that same kind of uh issue again um and then that's where the uh and then brad might know more about this is like i said we've talked about uh more um assistant coaches being nominated um and i think that's also been something that's been overlooked a bit um in the past years and touching base with the criteria and assistance because i know andy you know we've had open conversations about and rich kind of interjected and included in this that, that you know you get a you know you get on a team like uh like liberty and you're an assistant coach for multiple years 12 years 13 years and you're an assistant coach but yet you've never heard of held a coordinator's position uh you've been a, basically a life or assistant coach which listen sometimes in life for us as coaches that that's what some people only can afford to do as far as time wise. You know, we're fortunate enough as teachers that we chose, you know, we chose a profession that goes in suit with the fact that we, yes, we can be coaches as well and make a living. And that's what we do. And we can stay in it for a long time. Now there's no knock on anybody that's a 14 year assistant coach at a winning program. But uh, first off, that is it 250, Andy? The points at yes. 250 yeah. we've talked about this it is not easy i mean i've given the example of i've talking to a few guys i talking to mike ovens talking to a few of my assistants and they and it's like you know if you did as an assistant coach with the points that you get if you did 10 wins a season for 10 years straight you still wouldn't have 250 points and who the hell is winning 10 games a season for 10 years straight except for gorman you know but uh, I mean, that's the reality of it. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that have to get taken into consideration. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of criterias or, or that, you know, some people are going to be eliminated because, and I, I mean, I, I can express a little bit of an opinion. I mean, I, I, I can express my full opinion, uh, you know, as an assistant coach, and we've talked about this, Andy, um, if you're an assistant coach and you're a life or assistant coach, you know, you're, you might have a job outside of the district and that's what you did. You know, unfortunately, you don't meet a criteria to be a Hall of Fame coach. Well, because there has to be some type of groundwork. There has to be. You can't just be a guy who and, and nothing against anybody that falls into this category. And I'm thinking of nobody in particular. Uh, but if you if you coach for like 14 years at a great program, and for some particular reason, you were able to get 250 points. Well, one of the criteria is, but you had to be a coordinator. And my opinion on that is if you're an assistant coach and you never aspired to be a coordinator or you never aspired to be a head coach, and maybe you couldn't be a head coach because you're not a teacher in the district, but you can aspire to be a coordinator. And if you've been status quo and never aspired to do that and you just stayed to be like a defensive back coach or a wide receiver coach for all the years you were coaching at this point and I think it probably holds suit and you guys can you know chime in on it I don't think you qualify I don't think it was some something that you would ever be able to qualify to get in but they but you also make a personal choice that you know it, a coordinator's position wasn't something for you or didn't you didn't aspire to never mind a head coach so you know what do you guys think yeah, you know, uh, 
uh, John, I, I do think there should be more assistance in. It is awful tough, you know, with, with what's going on right now. But I'm glad uh, the, the committee has kind of added the contributions uh, to that point total value system, um, you know, towards those 250 points. But um, you, you make a good point there. Um, there are some very top-notch, you know, assistants that, uh, have made contributions and have made an impact on kids. And, you know, uh, when you, when you look, when any position coach, you know, I didn't ever start coaching, uh, to think that I'd ever want to coach just to be in the hall of fame. Exactly. I, I never, the hall of fame was never in my, in my, uh, uh, view rear view mirror, you know, um, it, it, it would be nice. But uh, that's not why we do it. And, you know, a lot of those position coaches that, that come out, John, I would say they have the same attitude that, you know, they're not looking to go into the Hall of Fame. They're looking to make an impact for kids, you know, on that, on that team, you know, whether it be by position coordinator or head coach. Because I didn't ever enter head coaching position uh, when, when I was thinking of the Hall of Fame. Never, never ever thought about it. Um, and I don't know that a lot of people do, uh, maybe some do, and that's fine. Uh, you, you know, if you want to coach and, you know, continue coaching because you want to accrue all those points, well, well, I mean, that's fine, but I'm not sure that's why the majority of us do it. I think that it, there's certain position coaches, um, that, there's one in particular now, I may be biased towards this, but the O-line coaches around the city, there's a lot of guys that um, I don't want to take away from the other positions, but if you probably look over in my career, the guys that have lasted longest as far as a, a position coach have probably been O-line coaches. Um, other guys, like I, I can see more guys, especially DB guys. A lot of those guys do become coordinators. Um, uh, there's always receiver guys always want to uh, have a say in the offense. They always want to, but the old line guys there, and there are some guys that I know have coached for over 15 years, the, the qualification just as old line coaches. Um, that's where I, I, you know, the debate comes if you do let in a position coach or versus the coordinator. Um, but that's also, like I said, it's, it's one of the, the big topics. And, and just to go back on something, and hopefully Coach Morocco just told me that he's, he's trying to join. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, so I sent him the link. I just talked to AJ. Um, I sent him the link. I know he's trying to get in, so I just sent the yeah. link through the through – the, uh... So just, just to give a little background on, on how the, the voting used to work. Um, when it was first started, like I said, um, it used to be that the Coaches Association voted on uh, they would a name would come up and it would just be who who would vote for them. and then it became the point of a lot of the coaches the that were voting didn't even know who these coaches were so then they started um, for a bunch of years the hall of fame members themselves actually took over and now we've kind of come full circle again where a lot of the hall of fame guys uh, don't know the coaches that are being inducted so now it's kind of fallen back on us but um, we actually will um, have 
a couple Hall of Fame members at the next meeting. Um, I'm pretty sure that Darwin Rost and Preston Goroff and probably John Mossback will, will join us um, and going over the, uh, the new candidates and just kind of, you know, it's, it's more of, um, how can I say, a formality once the coach reaches the criterion points, um, unless there's some extenuating circumstance that nobody knows. Um, or somebody might know and they, that that's why they wouldn't get in or whatever the reason would be. Um, but like I said, it's more of a formality, but now we're going to have current coaches and coaches that are in the hall of fame um, that are going to discuss the, the next group that's going in. Yeah, that was Andy. I made to John uh, when, when it kind of did come up in a previous podcast, uh, you know, you don't want, uh, somebody that's very deserving forgotten because there's just a new group of, you know, uh, and it happens every year and it's, it's starting to happen with some of us older coaches, you know, the young guys are taking over, but, uh, you know, how many of the younger guys know of a James Thurman, um, or of an Andy Ostalaza, you know, I just use your name for, for an example, but you know, there's uh, uh, plenty of good coaches out there that maybe some of the new guys all right there he is voting. sorry go ahead oh, about yeah no you're good yeah rich is joining us now uh all right so uh we are we have a, a, a special addition to the uh to the podcast uh, just coming off of the uh all-star meeting and picture night with the lions club coach rich morocco who will jump right into the conversation with coach talich and coach astalaza and myself um, so we should be hearing from Rich anytime. Rich, how's, you how's it going, Johnny? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Coach Morocco's in there. So, Hey, more, Hey, it's a pleasure to have you in here, coach. Uh, we've been, we've been chopping it up a little bit now for, you know, only not, not too long actually. So, you know, uh, actually I had a stopwatch going on how long we've been. We've only been on for about 25 minutes, coach. So, you know, all right. Good timing. Good timing. Well, th thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Andy, your guy, uh, Rich is here, Brad, and everybody's familiar with each other. Uh, Andy, if you want to, uh, you know, review a little bit, uh, we, well, we both can, Andy, so go ahead. All right. So, Rich, we went over the, the quad, the, the criteria, all the points. Um, we also went uh, over the qualifications, or I'm sorry, the, the requirements. Um, and we talked about how we're probably going to have to change some of that, um, uh, especially with the contracted teacher position and the amount of years. Uh, right. And then we talked about, you know, we, we need to start taking a look at maybe like two and three, a coaches that maybe have been overlooked because uh, we just don't know about them. Um, right. Right. But yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's we just, we just started uh, going over, about the qualifications for an assistant and if it could be a position coach versus a coordinator. Um, and then finally, I talked about how at our next uh, meeting, how we were going to include current coaches and uh, a couple of the Hall of Fame guys uh, for the, to talk about the next uh, group that's uh, going to be up for induction. And if I could, gentlemen, uh you know, maybe be as a true host in this situation, what I would like from you guys is 
Rich, I would like you to express your opinions or anything that you need or you would you think is very, very important or pertinent to the subject of the Southern Nevada Football Coaches Hall of Fame uh, that has taken place, hasn't taken place, or maybe has changed. And that goes for you, Brad, as well as Andy, uh, as a forum, as listen, open, open debate table like hey listen brad your opinion of certain things might not be the same as andy's and rich might have uh you know a topic in this that you know that he brings up that i might not agree with or rich uh, or andy might not agree with but that's i mean that's good listening for us and I, I i would love for you guys to just throw it out there and and just you know if you have something you want to talk about or if there's some things i know rich um you have some opinions on it and Andy and I talked about it actually this weekend about certain things. And Brad, you and I have spoke uh, in previous podcasts before the podcast about opinions and Andy, you and I have talked multiple times about it. And, and I think that's where the meat is of this conversation. And I think that our listeners and the other, especially the primary. And so you guys know, you know, when we do the numbers, as far as how many listeners, um, we know that primarily our prime listeners are, are, are football coaches and they're Southern Nevada football coaches. So I really think that they'll be interested to hear what you gentlemen have to say. So, you know, the proverbial floor is you guys and we'll all just mix it up. Okay. Hey, I got a yeah. question. Um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about it, listening to Andy and the point value system to accrue the 250 points. I'm going to give you a scenario and, and Rich, you might help with this one. Um, let's say we have coach X that came in, I don't know, 195 and he's served as an assistant and been digital games and may have sat out to, uh, came back was a head coach and possibly won some playoff games and then went to be an assistant, uh, maybe then sat out a year, then maybe popped back into it, you know, um, uh, but he's certainly served 25 plus years, you know, in the district who goes back and figures out all those point value system, you know, with coach X, you know, in, in that scenario, you know, how are we going to identify and who's, who's going to take the time to accrue all those points for that coach. So, so right now, Dan Barnson has been doing that for the last, so I want to say the last two classes. Um, before then, uh, I want to say, oh, let me think here. Well, Rich, do you remember the year we bit. started the point system? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think it might go all the way back to when Preston first got in back in like. Okay, okay. So that would have been 2000, you know. 2015 class. So like I said, we, we jumped from 2015, uh, Kirk from from Virgin Valley, Preston from Del Sol, Darwin Ross from Palo Verde got inducted, and then we were off for four years, and then it was Dave Snyder Jr. And then yeah. that was in 2019. So like I said, Dan Barnson has been doing the research. And it's actually not as difficult as, as you may think. Um, because uh, most of the coaches that the, like, for example, let's say it is a guy that started in most of those coaches that he worked for. Um, they probably are, are still around or their, their records are still uh, available to find. Um, well, and then just to, uh, and find the coaches that they work for. 
Like, you yeah, know, I, mean, I think it's say for example, uh, you bring up uh, a coach that worked at Durango. Okay. Um, during John Mossback's time. Okay. And, um, and then he moved over. So I'll give you a guy, JD Johnson. Now he wasn't here very long, but it wouldn't be hard. Now he, he left the district, I don't know, 20 years ago, 2007. Right. So, but it wouldn't be hard to find him. Um, the guys that he worked for are still in town and those records are, are, are able to be found. Plus now that Dan has been doing this, there's a, a little bit of a database on, on coaches and, and it goes back, I want to say to the early nineties. So it, yeah, it I think, uh, difficult. I think that, you know, max preps goes back to like 2004, 2003 with the records um so that's a pretty good source and then prior to that um like you said dan barnson's been been working on it i know darwin uh did some of that and um yeah you're gonna have to kind of rely on the on the main coach that was at those programs you know especially uh, yeah as assistants because brad and i think you're getting at it's like how do you track an assistant am i wrong i mean basically one of the main ways would be through the head coach Right, yeah. either one. Absolutely. How do you track See, this when a lot of them yeah. don't even work? I think there needs to be like different, and I know there is some of this. There's some different levels of like who gets in, you know, a head coach versus a contributor versus an administrator. They have um, officials that are in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I think Ray Brewer's in it like two times already um, as a contributor. Uh, to high school football in Southern Nevada. Um, I think originally when this was put together, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's actually called the Clark County School uh, Hall of Fame, Football Coaches Hall of Fame. So I think we've kind of changed and Maybe that's why some of those other coaches, you know, like um, DeSantis, um, you know, maybe why he wasn't included um, with some of those votes because he wasn't part of it. I Clark think that's when they, when they came up with the new system, I think that's why they, they added the, um, the coaching and, and that you were a contract teacher, not only in public, but, in, but also in private schools. Yeah. Um, but again, Rich, I had talked about how that's probably going to have to change since probably a majority of the coaches in town now are not contracted teachers. Right. Um, and it's just, it's just one of those, it's another thing that we, we're going to have to, you know, look at. And then I brought up the, the point that me and you talked about the minimum number of years and yeah. someone like uh, the impact that somebody like Tony Sanchez did make in Clark County. Um, yeah. I, I think the minimum years should be a guide, you know, especially if you're talking about earning points, maybe that's where you start to get your points, but you know, then there's, should be exceptions where a guy who's like a Tony Sanchez, who um, obviously was only a head coach for six or seven years, but did a phenomenal job. And then was, was a coach still in Southern on the college level and did a lot of things for Southern Nevada football. You know, I think that, I mean, he should be given an opportunity to be inducted into that, you know, um, but those are all things that the committee needs to kind of discuss. And I know that there's different opinions, especially by some people that are already in the Hall of Fame. 
you know, I, I think they have to look at like, do you want, do you want the hall of fame to be something that gets recognized for excellence, you know, as far as wins and losses concerned championships, um, or is it something that, you know, rewards longevity and people who give of their time and their energy and their effort and, you know, sacrifice their own family time to help develop the youth of Southern Nevada. I think, I think that's rich. And we talked about this. We, we had quite a bit of, of a heated debate last year, or I'm sorry, it was been oh, two and a half years ago now um, on that exact uh, deal. I mean, it's like any hall of fame. Um, the uh, what is it that exactly that you're looking for? Like Rich said, are you looking for wins and losses, or are you looking for longevity? Yeah, um, you know there and there's some people um, that are right on the cusp, but they put in a, an extraordinary long time in in especially in the school district. Um, and it, it's it's not as common as people think. Um, about ninety percent of the coaches that are in the Hall of Fame did not do thirty years. Um, so when you come across somebody that actually put in thirty years, it's it's pretty remarkable yeah. um, to go an entire career of coaching football. Yeah, I mean, thirty years is a long time. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it really is. I, I, I mean, I. <laughs> I shouldn't say it as such. I mean, listen, I've been coaching 32 years in a high school level, but uh, I had prior, I had, I had eight years in New York. Um, yeah. I got willing, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm in Vegas here now for 23 years. Uh, I mean, not that 30 years was ever a goal in Las Vegas, but you know, it's not by accident, but if I happen to be motivated to stay in it that long, it's a long ass time because, and Andy, like you said, 90% of the people in the hall of fame didn't do 30 years. Well, that kind of makes sense because how many, how many of us knuckleheads actually stick it out for that long? Right. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for that also. Um, just to catch you guys up with uh, rich, rich shows, rich, you're still here, but you're on mute. I think he had some trouble with his phone or he might be uh, transitioning. So hopefully he gets back in. Well, uh, I, I think I'm, 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 I'm back. Oh, no. Rich, can you, are you back on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're in. You're not. Can you hear me? Yep, yeah. you're good. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah, you know, I mean, the, to the point that Rich made, and I'll give it right back to you, Rich, uh, just briefly was that, you know, is it about, you know, the success? Or is it about the longevity? Uh, I would say both, or, you know, a, a, a mixture of both at times. I, you know, every situation is going to be a different circumstance. Uh, of course, there has to be criteria. And the one thing that I have expressed to Andy, and I, I, and I don't know if I've said this to you, Rich, and I've said it to Brad, is that it still should be special, though. We can't dilute it. I, I said no matter what decisions are made in the future, uh, it has to be with that in mind that a hall of fame is a hall of fame and that's something special and it can't be diluted. And go ahead, Rich. You good, Rich? Yep. Andy, Brad. Well, here, I'll, I'll give you, I, I, I tell you that this is why that point system was created. The guy that created the, the point system 
okay, um, is a is a member of the of the Hall of Fame. Um, this guy, a uh, coach named uh, Horse uh, Horseman. All right, he was longtime coach at Bonanza Western, uh, multiple state titles. They came up with this system uh, because it, it it does reward longevity, but you still have to. Uh, you still have to win. Yeah, it still rewards the wins and losses as well. You know, yeah. making the playoffs, getting so many points, regional championships, getting so many points. So you're rewarding wins in that case, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, it almost has to be a, a, a collaboration of both. Or yeah. like we talked about, yeah. it's not easy to get that number. No. And it's like I said, it, it, I don't think it would ever be diluted because I, I get like I give you the example. We did go from 2015 all the way to 2019 without inducting anybody. And then in 2019, we inducted one person. And um, like the names that we'll look at next, are, there's maybe three or four names that we can think of. Um, and by the way, uh, here, here's something that coaches, if they are listening to this um, and they know of coaches, they can nominate whoever they want. Um, and you know, and the, the points will be looked up. I can tell you for, I, I know this for a fact that there were four additional, uh, coaches that were nominated, um, during the pandemic, um, that didn't make the point criteria. Yeah. I was just going to ask you that Andy, that to, to tell the listeners, in, in fact, that even though nobody was inducted, uh, inducted over a four year period of time that I was going to ask you, was there people, and I know the answer also, were there people that were nominated? Yes. In oh, yeah. Fact. So, that, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's still, a, it's still a difficult thing. And, and, you know, a lot of credit has to go to the Horace Smith for coming up with this system. Yeah. Um, because it, it obviously it, it's, it's still a difficult thing to do. Um, like I said, but I, I will say that if coaches are putting in 30 years, um, but and let me let me even clarify it even more. The only wins that count for points are as a varsity coach. That's a great so point. when you start thinking about it, how many coaches are actually doing 30 varsity years? So now let's just say a majority of coaches, a lot of them will do probably, you know, long, and I'm talking about long guys that were in a long time, we're probably doing 20 years as a varsity coach. Okay. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to get. And it's also very common that when you would start off in a program at a lower level before you moved on to a varsity. Uh, and so, you know, if you start off on a lower level and say you put three years, four years on a lower level, and then you move on to varsity, well, those four years don't count. Right. So. Yeah. The, the wins now, what, what does count in that time is your actual, um, service so you, you would still get points as an assistant coach um but you just wouldn't get the the points as a uh, for the wins of that program um but that, that's why the, the system that's in place i and i and i don't think that's ever been up for discussion the point system is not up for discussion um we've never talked about changing that the only thing that we've ever um talked about has been the um the the criteria 
Um, th that was the only thing that we've ever talked about um, that ha has to be revamped a bit because of the, you know, for good or bad that we, we have lost a lot of teachers and coaching. They're just not putting in the time. So that's one of the things we have to change. And then obviously the minimum amount of years. Yeah, I'm I, back. I, and I, like I said, Brad, you brought up a name that, um, you know, that like I said, uh, you're a coach. And if you wanted to nominate someone like James Thurman. Yeah. Uh, I'm using James for an example, Andy. Um, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of coaches that we've had throughout the years, you know, a lot like, a lot like James coaches, maybe at Cheyenne high school that I'm not aware of or Cimarron or, you know, I, I'm just, I just threw out a name. Uh, uh, that could be very, very a viable candidate uh, for the Hall of Fame. You know, it's been a long-time assistant, did a great job, uh, probably ac accumulated a lot of points with Vegas going, you know, winning some regional and state championships, you know, but uh, his time as a head coach was very minimal. Um, so I'd hate to see someone like that fall short of the point value um, just because he didn't take on the head coaching gig for many years. Well, as long as he was an assistant varsity, he's still accruing. So it goes into his oh, number of years. Not, yeah. He's not accruing the head coaching points. He's accruing the assistant coaches points, which as we all know, takes a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot longer to do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's, and that's why I say the, the point system, it, it's there. Um, and it, it does, it's, you know, it, it's pretty set in stone. Like, and I said, and if I would be curious, not, I, I looking at, um, by the way, if you want a, an excellent source, and I know that Dan uses this a lot and it's, if you look up in the, in Nevada preps, um, and you just go onto any team and you can click on the tab that has history. Um, it'll show you uh, they have quite a few head coaches. Like, for example, I'm looking at Vegas right now. Um, so they have all the way from Chris Sinkovich uh, all the way to Eric, the current coach. Um, so, like I said, you can see, like, we're Thurman. Uh, and he was under Sinkovich as well? Yes. And oh, yeah. You're talking about Sinkovich had 79 wins. Faircloth had 78. Thurman had 40 himself. Um, I, you know, just off the top of my head, looking at those numbers, I, I would imagine. Hey, what is that? Just off 40 times what? Well, if you head... had 79 and 79 and 40 as a head coach, even if you got one point per win, 79 and 79 is 158. You got 158 points just on that, an assistant coach. Then you get 40 and you get, what, two for two for a head yeah. coach is 80. So and then plus his years of service, which – you know, if you're looking at it and he, he started coaching and like, I don't know if he was with Sinkovich right from the beginning. Um, but, you know, just his years of service alone. Yeah. With those amount of wins, he, he's, he's either way over. Or he's, he's really close. Um, right. Well, like I said, it's as easy as like when we get together and the names are presented, then they, they start doing the, and they actually will send, um, the first step is that they send the coach that's nominated an email and the, the coach themselves respond with their 
with their own personal information of how long they coached, who they coached for, yeah. how many years they were head coach, all that information goes in there. And then they just go back and verify. Like I said, it's not as difficult as it seems because of, you know, like I said, Nevada preps ha has a record of all this. Yeah. And it's not um, blind. Like you say, Andy, it's someone's nominated. The first step is that they get it. They get a letter, they get an email stating that, Hey, you've been nominated. And can you give us a summation of your history in, uh, Clark County School District as far as a coach you know so that and like you said and then it just gets verified oh and let me let me stop for one more second again Andy um snfca.org.hsf no it's it's backslash hof hof backslash hof because you know for our listeners or anybody that wants to you know seek out the hall of fame and maybe starts to looking at it a little bit or seeing the history of it. It's S N F C A dot org backslash H O F. Okay. Andy, go ahead. Yeah. Even if you, even if you just click on uh snfca.org website, it'll, it'll guide you right into it. Um, like I said, it actually, if you go into the actual, uh, you know, our, our coaches association, you can actually see, um, the current coaches um, that, that we have throughout the city. Um, so, yeah, there's, I mean, there's quite a few things on, on the opening of the season. I mean, they go through the whole deal. Um, so, yeah, and I said, once you get in there, you can uh, go right to uh, milestones or, and when you get in the milestones tab, that'll give you, that'll pull up the actual poster. And then you just scroll down, you can see all the names. So, Rich, are you back? Yeah, I'm back, man. All right. So, give us, give us, <laughs> give us something to chew on. Come on. Yeah, so I was, I was trying to say when I, when I uh, lost my connection with you guys. You know, um, I think that um, if if it was cl more clearly defined within the Hall of Fame as far as um, maybe head coaches and then listing assistant coaches, kind of how they they list the different other subsections then that might maybe make some of the people that are in the hall of fame maybe more willing to you know because there's egos with everything right like there's guys who once they get in the hall of fame now they want to be a little stingier with who else gets in so um <laughs> you know like but i think if you had like okay head coaches assistant coaches as a, a separate category um you know, they should be recognized as well, because we all know that, you know, this football is a sport where it doesn't matter how great of a head coach you are, you cannot win or be successful without many, many uh, great assistant coaches. You know, um, I argue with CCSD all the time, you know, because by rule, we're only supposed to have 13 coaches, you know, in our whole program. And, you know, I argued with the NIAA because I got kind of slapped on the wrist one year and I was like, well, Bishop Gorman has 25 coaches. You know, what, how is that fair? You know, and the NIA was like, there's no rule. You can have as many coaches as you want. That's a CCSD rule. And um, I think if you look at the successful programs around town, they have, you know, like at Liberty, for example, we have, I think 13 varsity coaches, you know, and then we have, seven or eight GV coaches and six or seven freshman coaches, you know, and that's important when you're developing kids 
because those kids need to be coached up. They need to have eyes on them. That's how they get better. You know, you look at some of the programs that struggle around town, they probably have two or three coaches on the freshman staff and two or three coaches on the JV staff, maybe five or six on varsity, guys doing both sides of the ball. And you just don't, you know, you just don't get as well good of a coaching job done when you have to do that. So assistant coaches have a, have a place in the Hall of Fame for sure. And, um, you know, I think it should be left up to the, the head coach, you know, so like, for example, the guys on my staff, you know, I should be the one nominating my assistant coaches, the guys that I know, you know, were important to the success of Liberty High School, um, the guys who, you know, I counted on were my, my right-hand people that helped make Liberty successful. Um, and then as long as they meet the criteria, they should be included in the Hall of Fame. Now, Rich, I, I can tell you that that's how, you know, and I, that's a great point because some of the early inductees uh, did just that. Yep. They, were the, they were the guys that came back to say, hey, um, you, you need to, some of my assistants. And now and that, during those times, I'm talking about guys that were, were assistants for years. Um, and uh, some of those assistants are in. Um, I think that's a great point that, yeah, maybe it should come from the actual guy that's in the hall of fame. And if he gets in that, if there's an assistant, it should go through that coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no, nobody's going to know how much time uh, one coach put in versus another other than the, the, the head coach himself. Oh yeah. I mean, the head coach should stand up for his guys and, 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 and in all actuality, you know, it's probably going to be somebody that is already retired who's in the Hall of Fame, but is still looking out for the guys that are assistants to, you know, contact the Hall of Fame, co contact the committee and say, hey, listen, you guys need to seriously take a look at one of the assistants that was on my staff back in, who doesn't matter when, back in 1992 to 2007, this guy was on my staff and, and he's someone that deserves uh, definite consideration and I'd like to nominate him type of thing. Well, and I, I also think there's some unique um, assistants out there. Um, for example, this year with, with Charlie Jarvis uh, was arguably one of the, the best defensive coordinators in the city for over 30 years. Um, you know, there, there's going to be guys like that that come around that, uh, that pretty much stand alone. I mean, not to say that, it, you know, that – not being part of that pallet program, but Charlie was widely recognized as, as being, you know, one of the top defense coordinators uh, since I've been in coaching. Um, that, that's why I think there's always going to be those unique circumstances too. Um, well, I, I'll give I, he's on, I, I will say, uh, you know, <laughs> Brad Talich is considered by many to be one of the best D coordinators in Clark County. Uh, you know what? Again, I'm going to go back to this. I never entered coaching, never, uh, with a Hall of Fame, you know, inductee. If I never get – and I don't know if my point value is high enough anyways. You know, when you mentioned that, I tried to go back and think, you know, so, sometime when I'm sitting here at home, now that I'm home quite a bit, I'll have to go back and try to accrue my points. You guys will have to send me that, but no, no. Uh, I think if you ask any coach and you ask me and you ask Rich and all you try to do is do the best job where your feet are. And, um, yeah, you, you know, 
I, I was the, the best coordinator at um, Coronado because I was the only one there, <laughs> you know, um, I, I was. Oh, what, I, what I'm saying, Brad, is my, my point was like, yeah. well, Rich has his point about yeah. Rich would, would be the guy to go to, to ask about uh, Liberty coaches. Yeah. Well, I said, there's guys that, that I've coached with or I've are, coached against that they kind of stand alone as an yeah. assistant yeah. yeah, because they're that they're, they do that well. And you're right. Charlie is damn is one of them. Art Plunkett to me, you know, you talk about O-line coaches, Andy, and I don't know if Art's in, you said you had the, uh, the list there, but um, I'm probably pretty sure Art Plunkett is in. Uh, I, I don't know that for a fact, but you know, there's another good example like Charlie. He was kind of the the forerunner of offensive line coaches uh, uh, around the city. I know a lot of people when I was there, you know, went to Art and asked Art questions, and and uh, you know, he uh, certainly would bend over backwards to help anybody. So would Charlie. You know, those guys do exist. You know, I hope they still exist these days, but. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you, Andy, there are exceptions. Yeah. Like, and I said, uh, and it comes back and, uh, to the actual point, because here, let, let's, let's put it this way. There's not many Liberty staffs out there. Okay. There's, there's not right. that many staffs that have won as much as Liberty high school. <laughs> um, so it would, it would come down to rich being the one to tell people, okay, this guy, this guy, and this guy, or however way it worked. Um, Rich's situation, even versus here, I'll give you somebody that um, Rich, you probably know it better than than most people. Um, the the coach that's the offense coordinator currently at Gorman. Yep. And he was a he was a coordinator under Kenny as well for a while. Yep. Yes. Okay. That that guy is at Canfield, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, obviously that guy is a standalone guy. He, it's granted he won a lot with Gorman, but he, he's actually you know the caliber of people that he was beating around the country. Um, you know that that's a name that's known as Greg Greg Canfield coordinator. Um, but again, like I said, Rich's situation is unique. Rich is a hall is a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. Rich is going to be the guy that's going to tell people this guy or this guy and this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. And and they're going to have the points. We know that. But Rich is going to be the only person that knows exactly, you know, who made who really made the difference for him. Yeah. No, it's but I, you know, I feel like there's a lot of great coaches that you know give of themselves. They give of their their effort and their time away from their own families. You know, pouring their hearts into you know, the Southern Nevada youth and, um, you know, they should be recognized. And, uh, you know, if we can come up with a fair system, you know, and, and hopefully the people that are already in the hall, you know, see it that way too, you know, because like I said, I don't want egos to get in the way of doing the right thing for, for people. So. Yeah. And categorizing it, I know Andy and I had to talk about that this weekend is uh, maybe, 
the answer is is that you have categories i mean and rich like you had already stated there are categories for the media there are categories for referees there are categories for administration and then there's categories for coaches uh do we do subcategories do we have assistant coaches so this person it was was nominated and inducted as an as an assistant coach uh andy had mentioned that you know there's you know, I don't know if a lot of our listeners or anybody in general knows that, yeah, there is, in fact, a ring that is given. And it's an honor and a pleasure to get a, a, an actual ring as a Hall of Fame member. Uh, but I also know that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, just chime right in. I, I did, did a guy like Ray Brewer or did somebody who get nominated as a media or as a referee, did they get a ring? Uh, Chris Griffith, who went in as a referee, rest his soul. Uh, I, I don't believe so. And Rich, I'm sure you know this also. I don't think they received rings. Yeah, I'm not sure on that, but, you know, looking at the list prior to uh, this year, you know, because the, the one that's on the website has up to Dan Snyder, the last one being inducted there's 47 coaches you know that i counted that are in and i'm I'm, i've only been here since you know 1996 i really didn't get into coaching until 2003 so a lot of the guys that are on the list you know I, i know of them but i don't know like who was the head coach i know andy's been in here in town his whole life you could probably go through this list and and say yeah he was an assistant or he was a head coach but um you know, it is a special thing to, to be able to make it into there. And I think there are many people who maybe have been overlooked. Um, you know, you think about like other Hall of Fames, like pro football, baseball. You know, they have those old timer committees that go back and look for guys who are overlooked, you know. And yeah. um, I don't know how many of these coaches that are on the list are still actively involved in the hall of fame as far as voting i know sometimes they say they don't a lot of those guys don't end up returning their ballots um or or how many are still alive even but i think we need to do a better job of of reaching out to those guys who are in the hall of fame keeping them involved you know almost making like a a separate association you know or including them in the coaches association and more things to make them feel like you know, they get to know these younger coaches too, because that's, it's hard for them once they get out of coaching, if they're not, you know, following what's happening, they, they don't, might not even know how many schools are in Nevada or who's, who's doing well in the coaching world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, well, all here, the- I'll give you, I'll give you an example and I'll use his name because I know Preston wouldn't care. So when I talked to Preston Goroff, who's in the hall of fame, I said, Hey, so the next time we meet, I go, you can, you know, you can come and I go and then we'll invite a couple guys. So that way the hall of fame is in, you know, uh, represented by some of the, the coaches that are in it. And he's like, well, well, who was, you know, on this committee? And I, and I started going down a couple of the names and he goes, well, who's that? <laughs> and this is in Preston is relatively young. Um, probably the youngest member in the hall of fame. Right. Um, and and that just shows you like it doesn't take long for them not to know coaches that are currently coaching yeah so like um, like dan cahill's in the hall of fame right and right. uh he's still coaching he's still helping out at basic right um he should be someone that's involved in those discussions you know that's that's voting and i mean he's 
He's in the hall. He has a connection to the old guys. He's he's still actively coaching. He knows these the coaches. I, I, I tell you um, this, like I, you know, I know the guy ben that Snyder. Yeah, the guy that used to run the Hall of Fame was Ron Smeltzer. Um, yeah. and he and he's the one that suggested that the coaches take it back and then maybe include some of the Hall of Fame members because he was the one that was trying to get um the the members to vote. And it, 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 he said it just became exhausting for him because he says it was it was nearly impossible to get. It was supposed to be seventy percent of the hall, yeah. Uh, and that's where it became an issue because he goes, it wasn't that they were voting no; it's just they just weren't voting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he says, you know, with if you take a group like I know for a fact, you could get here John Moss back, uh, Smeltzer. Uh, Cahill, um, probably Greg Murphy, um, you know, Sinkovich. Yeah, actually, because he did move back in town, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, Um, and, and Andy, the, the present 2021 class, I mean, Charlie Jarvis, Dan Barnson, uh, Redmond, of course, they should be included and they should make it a point to get involved with it. You know, so. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think, that's and that's what we're going to try to establish at and i think we're meeting in february um to discuss the the next group of candidates um and i I will i I, you know and i have to give him a lot of uh, credit dan barnson over the last oh three or four years has worked super hard uh as far as the the hall of fame um uh, he got a lot of things done over the last couple of years. Uh, actually, and then, you know, my friend, Rich Morocco, uh, I don't think none of this would have happened in, uh, with, you know, with Allegiant stadium or this or that without, uh, with Rich's help with this and, um, being our president, having the, the ties that we have with, uh, you know, miles with the Raiders and it, it's helped out tremendous, uh, tremendously to, to get this stuff done. Absolutely. Um, so I said, and that's now when we talked about this rich earlier that, you know, we're getting older and now it's, we, we have to start looking forward to looking for some other people that, that are in the association right now that we think that can keep going. Yeah, the, carry the big, proverbial torch. Yeah. I know we've talked about this uh, a lot, you know, it's, you know, I still, it's hard to believe I, I'm an old guy now. Cause I still feel like a young guy, but, uh, when you look at the coaches association every year, there's such high turnover, you know, a good year's five coaches get fired or quit, you know, or retire some years, you know, it's, it's 10, 11 coaches. And, um, you know, if you look through this, the the roster of coaches right now, you know, who are the guys that are going to be around for 10 or 15 years? It's, It's hard to predict. But uh, we got to get more younger guys out there coaching. You know, we got to get, um, you know, the profession needs 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 the energy of the young coaches and guys who want to take on jobs. And you know, it's hard here in Las Vegas because, you know, it's it is a lot of the haves and the have-nots, and um, a lot of times you get hired. Like you know, Johnny knows this firsthand. Your, your administration really. Uh, sets the tone for your success as a coach. And 
we've had so much turnover with administrators, you know, you get hired somewhere, you have a great principal and then they move on and you get a principal that doesn't maybe back football. You know, Brad's kind of experienced this too. Yeah. Um, it makes it hard to, to want to stay in the profession when you don't have the support of your administrators. So uh, I think there is a, something needs to be done for the retention of young coaches and recruiting of young coaches and people who want to get in the profession. Yeah, you know, Rich, we had a podcast on that. Uh, John, I, I believe we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, the if support of administration. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Culture and uh, trying to retain, you know, good young people, you know, let them have a chance at it rather than just being quick to fire some someone. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't value the position and, and a lot of this, and I've said it many times, is because the, the in Clark County School District, people that are becoming administrators, becoming administrators so young with no experience whatsoever, really, what, two years, three years of teaching experience. Okay, now let's take it to the, to the uh, realm of sports. And a lot of them aren't, weren't even athletic people, so they really, to no uh, knock on them, but that's not the world they lived in. You know, in the in the years past, there was guys that were were Frank Nails, guys like that that were, were legendary in the sport that became administrators. And I, I mean, I give you prime examples. Uh, Rich Morocco at Liberty High School, administrative support, paramount to make right. a successful program. Andy Astalaza, uh, with his administration, winning a state championship there, he'll tell you paramount to administrative support we know as head coaches we've all been head coaches you are fighting such an uphill battle if you don't have that type of support and if you do you are straight out blessed yeah. and it's not the majority and that also plays into like brad said and we all said getting coaches keeping coaches good coaches that want to be there Listen, it's not for the money. So when you have an administrator that is making your life miserable and you're spending all that time that we've alluded to away from your family and, w w okay, you look at yourself at one point and you say, I must be out of my mind, <laughs> you know? So, you know, when you have the blessings of being in a program where you can get that administrative support and you can bring the coaches in and you can do things as professional coaches that know what they're doing, and administrators that do not, a principal of a high school is not a professional football person for the most part. And I think right. we can all agree with that. And they have no clue in what it takes to build a Liberty or to build a Silverado. They have no clue. Right. Well, okay. I think part of the problem and not, I have talked about this with many people. Um, our own profession is lacking coaches. Um, we're all, we're all, we're all employees of this Clark County school district. And that is, that is hurting a, a coaching. Um, all of us have great coaches that aren't, that don't work for the school district, but we've also had great coaches that, Hey, the job that they were working, that let them coach. They had certain times where all of a sudden they, they had a new job with their jobs, their job hours changed. They can't coach anymore. Um, and that's something that, uh, like the coaches that I had in high school that I never, every one of my coaches was a teacher at our school. Um, that just, it, that does not exist anymore. And I, I think that's becoming a, a real issue with us in the Clark County school district. And I think that's why, you know, there's, you know, obviously we, there's talks about uh, 
uh, having more assistance. Um, you know, that, and Rich, Rich probably has one of the biggest staffs in the city, but he can tell you, Rich, you've gone through a bunch of coaches. Yeah. Their, their work schedule sometimes just doesn't, it doesn't coincide with practice time anymore. So the, the biggest thing is for young coaches, right? Guys who aren't making much money teaching, um, you know, you get a $2,100 coaching stipend. Um, you know, after taxes, you're lucky if you're bringing home 1600 bucks and a paycheck before Christmas, you know, it helps with Christmas time, right? Helps buy some presents for your family. Maybe your, your young wife's okay with you, uh, with you doing that. But, uh, there becomes a point where you're like, and your family is like, what are you doing? You know, you've given all this time up for literally no money. Um, and they can sell a prep or get a part-time job or do anything else and make more money doing that. And so they just decide not to coach anymore. We have, we have so many people walking the halls at Liberty that were former coaches. Um, I think there's five former head wrestling coaches at Liberty High School. You know, we have probably another six or seven guys that have coached football, uh, either on a head coaching or as a, as a significant uh, coordinator that just don't coach anymore because the pay is not worth it. And I think that's, that's my next real push. I want to try to, you know, we got to get the coaching stipends up more. Um, you know, I've heard rumors of how long it's been since we've had a, a, a bump in pay. And, you know, some people say it goes back to the eighties. I've heard the seventies, uh, you know, California, I saw they just bumped their coaching pay up. So I'm hoping that the next time we have a union, uh, next time they renegotiate the contract, in two years that that'll be something that gets addressed and even though i might retire by the time it gets raised it's something that needs to happen um, because it those young coaches i mean they you know and then on top of that you only get seven coaches to get paid on your staff so that's a joke in itself one thousand percent and and uh and and we were there uh rich uh tim jackson with ccsd had alluded to the fact that uh and this jumped out to me is that he recognized that 49 other states get paid better coaching stipend than we do here in Las Vegas in Nevada. Yep. He, I, this wasn't something we made up. This was something that Tim Jackson said, who's one of the heads of athletics in the CCSD. He said it, yep. you know, so that's a reality. I don't know if your listeners realize that. I mean, Andy, give him give him a kind of a hard number. I know Rich was trying to put a number on it. I've heard some numbers too, but I heard that the stipend didn't raise since 1980. Yeah, I mean, what what was your what what did you hear, Andy? What do you know on that subject? My the coaches that I worked for originally were at Cimarron Memorial. That's they'd always say that that 1980 was the the last year. Now, you know, through the years, I'm sure it's gone up a little bit, um, but. As long as I've been coaching, it hasn't changed. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and we've been doing it for a long time. So think about that. I can give you an example. I, I, I was a, a JV offensive coordinator at my old school in Long Island, Lawrence High School, back in 2004. Okay. And my stipend as an assistant JV football coach was $2,800. 
Okay. Now I didn't think that was a lot of money until I came to Vegas and I realized as a head coach, I made more as an assistant coach on a JV level in Long Island uh, 25 years ago. Yeah. It, it's crazy. My friend's a head tennis coach in Rochester, New York. He gets $8,500 for tennis. Not to say tennis isn't you know, no. as hard, but I mean, it's a lot easier than, than coaching football. football. Um, Come on. So something needs to be done. You know, people need to fight, you know, for, for it. And I think if, if we start getting the salaries up, we start getting administrators that, cause there's going to be a breaking point when they're not, they're going to have a hard time finding just a warm body to take over a position. And, uh, you know, maybe when that happens, you know, things will, the, the title turn a little bit, but, you know, as a, as an older coach, looking at younger guys coming on, you know, there's two big problems. One is, is the, the pay. The second is young guys want to come in and be a coordinator right away, or, you know, it's hard to find young guys who are willing to just kind of work from the bottom and work their way up. I, I, I get 10, 15 requests to join our staff every year. I actually just had an interview today and uh, it's, it's younger guys oftentimes don't want to take the, the lower role and kind of work their way up. So. No. Yeah. And, uh, and you said two big points and I, I'll still say that a huge point that hangs over it is administration. Where, where are you and what did they do for you? Well, I can tell you right now, I think we're, you're going to see uh, a bigger issue come to play. It's not going to be with football first. We, we have some sports that are currently in the school district that are hurting for coaches badly. Um, just like here, <laughs> we keep forgetting like something like referees. Oh yeah. Um, we're, we're running out of, we're running out of a lot of things when it comes to athletics. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm more afraid, like I said, like, you know, we start, we've lost so many teachers over the years. Um, and, and it's just not the same. I mean, people say, well, you can get good coaches off campus. I, I understand that. And I totally agree, but to have the, the teacher's presence on campus, uh, makes a huge difference with kids. Um, and that we're, we've lost so much and it's, and it's been a steep decline over the last 10 years. Um, like I said, me and Rich had talked about this and you could have gone back 10 years and asked, okay, how many guys have assistance off campus? There weren't very many. Okay. The majority of their staffs were, were teachers. Um, and again, I, I said, it's, it, it could be the pay it's, it's the time. Um, and again, this all wraps around, like I said, like the, the hall of fame when people say, Oh, this is where the argument becomes between the, the head coach and the assistants and what the head coach deals with. Um, like my old head coach from high school, Dave Gerber said, it, it's, it's crazy. What is it? You know, and he, his own son's a, a head coach in town. Um, it, it's crazy. You know, the, some of the things that we're dealing with that they didn't have to deal with. He never had to worry about getting coaches. He had tons of, them. um, like you said, right. Say like, yeah. you had a ton that, that join every year. Well, he had all teachers. And guys that want to keep uh, coaching, you know, how much easier that, that made uh, life on those guys back then. Yeah. Um, that's why I, I think it's like you said, Rich, I, I hope that they do something to try to entice people um, 
to become more active in, in extracurricular activities. Um, it's just there, there's just not that many people out there that are willing to put in the time anymore. And unfortunately, they might have gotten so far away from it, they may not be able to pull them back. You know, yeah. so it's a, uh, yeah. Well, you know, and uh, I mean, these are all very important things that we're talking and it's all they all connect i mean we start with the hall of fame and then talk about coaches salaries and numbers and administrative support and all these type of things that we all care about here um you know coming back to the hall of fame um guys my two cents on this is why i'm very appreciative of you three guys coming on is that, you know, you guys are, I mean, including me, we're old timers. Just like Rich said, I never want to really say it because I don't feel that way. But when you're coaching 32 years, I guess you're a freaking old timer. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's important to me. It's important to Rich. It's important to Brad. It's important to Andy. It's important to a lot of guys, but, you know, we just happen to be the, the, uh, the elders. And if, if what I told AJ with this podcast is absolutely and I appreciate that Andy said, hey, if you're ever going to talk about the Hall of Fame, count me in. That is, you know, it's a start, you know, just he us here and, and having a forum and maybe having a few hundred listeners that are maybe perk up some interest in everything. You know, it's an important thing, guys. It's really an important thing. It's important to us. And we hope that there'll be other people that will will we'll take the torch and it'll be important to them as well. And, you know, I mean. I really appreciate the fact that we can actually have this forum and I hope that uh, listeners will hear. And if you didn't hear it a first time that you can go and you can listen to it a second time, but they can really get some good information and, and really maybe turn a light bulb on in this situation of, uh, of the, the hall of fame um, guys, you know, so again, anything that you guys want to add to it, you know, yeah, I, I appreciate. Like in closing, I, I just like to say, you know, for if there are coaches listening, and you are interested in, in, in helping out and, and being part of this, feel free to, to contact any of us. Um, like I said, it, it's, it's something that it, it's going to be, a, it's a tedious task, but it's, it's something that our association needs. Um, so like I said, it, at our next meeting, if you're a head coach or you have an assistant that wants to be part of it, let us know. Yeah, and that's a good point, Andy, and I'll come right back to it. That is assistant coaches out there, if you're listening, you're part of the Southern Nevada Football Coaches Association. Am I correct, Rich Morocco? Yeah, you know, uh, you pay your dues. It's, a, it's the school dues, kind of, so it's for the whole staff. Um, I think that's something that, again, we should probably do a better job of, and, you know, we, we started it right before the, the year before the pandemic with doing a coaching clinic trying to get, you know, some assistant coaches mingling, getting to know, you know, cause it's hard. You don't know who those guys are across the field that you're playing on Friday night, except for maybe once a year and you go shake their hand. Um, so I think we can do a better job of that as, as an association of including more people, maybe having some functions where we can talk football and get to know each other a little better. Yeah. Broaden, uh, broaden the base, even yeah. though the, they exist. Brad? Yes, I agree. Yeah, all good points. You know, I've just kind of sat back and listened, but uh, going back to pay, uh, younger coaches, younger coaches staying in the business uh, to, to the administration, I'm just sitting back and, uh, you know, I've agreed with uh, 
uh, every everything that's been said. Yeah, guys. Well, uh, you know, like I said, in in in, I mean, we could talk forever and ever, <laughs> but the, uh, right now I got the clock on uh, an hour and twenty five minutes. Uh, but listen, uh, I personally want to thank you guys. I mean, you guys know I love all, all of you and uh, appreciate you know being in the same fraternity with you guys. And uh, I, I I feel very blessed to have the opportunity to have you guys come on here and and to be my friend and and to be in it in this i i feel blessed to be in the same fraternity with great men like you three guys who come with so much knowledge and so much experience and most importantly so much passion and and the whole theme of this podcast here is it's the passion it's the passion of brad talich it's the passion of andy astalaza it's the passion of rich morocco and i know that my partner who had to uh split aj lewis i know even as a young guy he has that passion and you know and I don't think anybody's ever questioned my passion. And, and this is, this is what it's about. We, we need to keep it going. We need to get the young guys. We got to find the guys that have the passion. We all have names. We know them. We got to keep this going. We got to get it right. We got to figure things out. There are going to be changes going to be made. Rich has suggested things about categories. These are things that have to be visited. Andy's made great suggestions. Brad has talked about guys that we can't leave behind. All these things, you know, it takes men like you to, keep on rolling forward with the torch and not give it up because we, it means enough to us. And um, like I said, for you guys, Rich Morocco, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Andy, absolutely. Thank you so much, Brad. You know, you've been on the podcast before. It's been awesome to have you and you know, you're a great part of it. The insight that you men give. And um, like, I just like to say that, honor and a pleasure i always say it's an honor and a pleasure to work with my partner aj but it's an honor and pleasure to all these years to be working with you guys and be around you guys i want to thank everyone who is tuned in obviously um to the coach lou and i show um we will advertise this show we will you know i i'm sure that it's going to be one of our best listened to shows and the good thing about it is if you, you can't miss it it's going to be on there it's going to be on the social media it's going to be on twitter you're going to be able to get it you're going to be able to listen to it and uh, for you listeners, so you understand, like Coach uh, Lou had alluded to, and, and as far as podcasts once a month and different subjects, you can find us. I, I guarantee you, if you go on Twitter and you can listen to the, to the podcast, then you can get in touch with us as well. If there's any suggestions of something you might want to hear or some type of topic that you want to hear in the offseason as a show, you know, before we get into the season and start doing all the, the seasonal stuff, absolutely reach out to us. But again, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time uh, from bottom of our hearts, Coach Lou and I show. And uh, I want everybody out there, stay blessed, stay safe. And until we get out there to you again, uh, everybody have a wonderful Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, holiday, and uh, everybody stay safe and stay blessed. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, right. Have a great night. John. Take care, John. Thank you, Coach.